Welcome to The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges for modern parenting. Check out this week's episode. Ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. Hey, Bob. Oh, hey, Gary. How's it going? I can't complain. Your tadpole will be a frog any day now, right? Do you know if it's a boy or a girl? Oh, we don't care, so long as it's healthy. It's about damn time. Is this your son? You brought your son to work today? I had to. My mom's got a damn fever. John Quincy Adams, mind your tongue. Apologize to Dr. Franklin this instant. But he just said damn. Uh, she's going through the trash. Mike, your daughter's picking food out of the garbage. What? Sarah, honey, don't eat that. Don't, Sarah, don't go through the garbage. Sarah. Sorry, man, I gotta go. No, 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 Sarah, put it down. The Struggle is Real podcast starts in three, two, one. And welcome once again. Thank you so much for tuning in, for listening. Welcome to The Struggle is Real. I am Omar Ramos. And hello, The Struggle is Real podcast team. Veronica, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Super duper. And of course, Alicia, Dr. Alicia, how are you? It's a pleasure to be here. I'm doing really well. Awesome. Well, today is not the exception. We have a great topic. We have a great guest. And we have, we are honoring somebody very special for for all kids. It's This one's a special one for dads. We've called it Dads for the Win. Now, to help us with this very important subject, Dad's Talk, we've invited back, of course, one of our good friends, Mr. Patrick Patterson from Global Partners for Fathers and Families, who's joining us via the phone. Patrick, how are you? Howdy from North Carolina, Omar. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo, welcome back. Super duper. It's great to hear your voice again. Glad to be back. Well, we are happy to have you back. Before we start our discussion, I'd like to ask both Omar and Patrick, Mm -hmm. what is the best and the most challenging part of being a dad? Patrick, take it away. For me, the best part is really the time that I spend with my kids. As a dad, my first kid was born, I was 31 years old. Um, So I was a little bit older, but the things that we've been able to do over the last several years, I have two girls, 12 and 10 now. It's just the time that we spend. I can't tell you how much it means to me just to hear them when I ask them about favorite memories. It's not about purchases. It's not about things we've Mm -hmm. gone places. It's just things that we've done in the yard from building kites to drawing or cooking together. So that's the best part about it for me. The most challenging part, it sounds crazy, but it's the time. My kids, before I knew it, they're now going into middle and high school. It's a challenge that they just won't stop growing. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it's amazing that how quickly it goes by. But I think the time, but also as a working parent, as a business owner, you just want to make sure you balance that. But time is always a challenge on the opposite side of my favorite memories. Mm-hmm. You know, my take would be very similar. I think uh, the situation with me is the best part would be trying to be the father for Eliani that I don't want to say unfortunately, but I feel that my parents or my dad could have been a little bit more different with me. Just kind of giving Eliani that time, those words, that motivation, that comprehensive part that I was always looking for my dad to give me. My dad was always working 24-7. Again, I don't want to make it seem like my dad was like this piece of ice and he was like <laughs> super cold, of, but I don't think he knew any better. I think he was brought up in a system yeah. that it was difficult on him and he did not know how to like expose or, or show those feelings that maybe that he had towards me. There was moments that I felt that yeah. that he cared, but he just didn't know how to like really unfold them. So 
growing up and now that I'm a dad, I try to take advantage of every opportunity to kind of give my daughter what I yearned for mm-hmm. my dad. The difficult yep. part would be, again, she doesn't live with me. So there's moments of guilt that she doesn't live under my same roof. And now that she's, you know, just the other day, she was uh, five years old asking me about video games. And now she's 13 years old and we talk about video games, but she's like a whole different universe. You know what I mean? And, and, and there's times that I think, for example, I've talked about with my colleagues about her, she's changing physically and mm-hmm. she got that genetic side of the Ramos and the Ramos are like really tall people and she just like stretched out. So she's been feeling a little awkward around her friends because she's like, she towers over her friends at school. So sometimes she gets all like depressed on us. So mm-hmm. it's those moments that I'm like, what do I say? How do I stop this? Yeah. How do I put this out? So yeah, that would probably be the, the difficult part about being a dad at this time in her life. Well, thank you for yeah. sharing that. Hopefully you can learn some of the tips and advice that Dr. Alaos, I'm sure is going to give you. <laughs> <laughs> and how to and, and how to tackle that one, or or you, Patrick and Doctor Laos. I'll ask you, what's your favorite memory with your father? Uh, trips. We would he would take trips. I remember being in the Dominican Republic and even here in the United States. And whether it was to drop my older sisters to college, or you know, we take these long trips, and I just enjoyed that quality time. And just yeah. remember, we would we would make up stories mm-hmm. where we would be building these resort type things. I don't know, all with our imagination. <laughs> and my dad would just encourage. It. And we just had, just remember having a great time That's making awesome. st- stories up. <laughs> That's so cool. You all said uh, one thing in common, memories. Mm-hmm. And the last oh, podcast yeah. that we had, we were actually talking about that and how to enjoy a summer. Sometimes we feel so overwhelmed with providing so many things mm-hmm. to the kids. And at the end of the day, the memories that, that stick are just the moments and the chats that, yeah. that we have, us with our parents. And, you know, obviously, hopefully they will have those with us parents. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Alicia. Yeah. Now, before we listen to our first sketch, I'd like to share some facts according to Fatherhood Project. Now, people with actively involved father figures during their childhood are more likely to have higher levels of success in their careers, a better chance of having a strong, lasting marriage, and an improved ability to handle stress. How about that? Hmm, Interesting point. Now, on the other hand, related findings indicate that father's emotional absence has long-lasting negative effects on child development. Hmm. So hopefully we can encourage parents to turn things around. Right, doctor? Absolutely. Another study conducted by the Pew Research Center in 2017 found that fathers who live with their children are taking a more active role in caring for them and helping out around the house. Yay! I like that. (laughs) Moms like it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Definitely. Mom approved. (laughs) Absolutely. And the kids will approve as well. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we go listen to our first sketch, Omar? This is called Dads in the Wild. With predators and dangerous conditions on all sides, survival for the frail tadpole is indeed a daunting proposition. Yet here, amidst the forest streams of Chile and Argentina, nearly every tadpole grows to maturity with the help of its dad. Ribbit. Behold, Darwin's frog. Before its children are even hatched, the males of this species will guard the eggs day and night from every manner of predator. As soon as the tadpoles have hatched, the fathers will gulp them up, storing them for months in their vocal sac until the children emerge as fully developed frogs. Let's go in for a closer look. Ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. Hey, Bob. Oh, 
Hey, Gary. How's it going? Oh, I can't complain. Your tadpole be a frog any day now, right? Do you know if it's a boy or a girl? Oh, we don't care, so long as it's healthy. And then, without any warning at all, the baby frog has fully formed and is ready to enter the world. Oh, man, does that feel better. Hey, Dad. Hello, son. I shall name you after your grandfather, Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Was a good friend of mine. But South America isn't the only place you'll find a dedicated father. High up in the mountains of Rwanda, an eastern mountain gorilla is making sure all 30 members of his family are receiving adequate sustenance. This is no small task as the average mountain gorilla consumes nearly 50 pounds of vegetation a day. Give it back! Quit it! You quit it. You're the one who took it from me. The typical gorilla father must master a series of familial duties, such as solving arguments between siblings. Unless there is complete harmony in his clan, the father knows his family will be vulnerable to threats from the outside world. Why are you fighting? He ate all of his bark and then he started eating my flowers without asking. She wouldn't share, even though I was still hungry. And then she slapped my paw. I've told you before, you cannot fight with your sibling. Give me those flowers. But he started it. I don't care who started it. You're both fighting and mountain gorillas do not fight with each other. No more dinner for either of you. But But dad. But nothing. They may dislike the punishment now, but these two young primates will remember their father's words the next time they feel like arguing. In this way, the father gorilla fosters goodwill between his family members in a tradition that will last for generations to come. Far away, in the snowy white tundra of northern Alaska, another wild dad deals with food in a different way. Colder, colder. Just tell us where it is already. Come on, we're starving. For months after they're born, the red fox father will hunt every day, returning faithfully every few hours with food for the entire litter. As soon as they turn three months old, however, it is time to fend for themselves. We don't know what we're doing. Where'd you put it? Red fox fathers are uncharacteristically playful, taking time every day to play with their young. They use this same sense of play while preparing their young to forage for food on their own. Nearby to their den, this father has buried fresh food, mixing survival skills with quality family time. Use your nose. What do you smell? Just a bunch of snow. And mud. Warmer. Wait, look over here. In the mud, I think it's... I think it's... There's a hole! Over here! We found food! Food! Success! These red fox pups are now one step closer to surviving on their own, all while engaging with their father in a fun family activity. All over the globe, across a variety of species, the dads of the wild protect, provide for, and prepare their children 
for life. All right, so we're back from the uh, wilderness, Ooh. and <laughs> we just heard of three different dads in the wild protecting and teaching their kiddos about life skills. Note that all three animal behaviors in the sketch have been documented in the wild. Fathers are a key educator in the wild and in and, and today's society. What can dads take away from this scenario, Dr. Alicia? <laughs> you guys tell me. <laughs> well, there was a bunch of animals in there. I was trying to, was trying to oh, focus yeah. on one specifically. I think safety at the beginning, the, mm-hmm. you know, intervention. They were present. I think overall mm-hmm. the concept is they were just present and they were involved and they were active. They weren't passive and I don't know, sitting down, couch potatoing away. Couch potatoing. I love that. That's from the, from the past yeah. um, podcast. Now, Patrick, when it comes to life skills, what do you think is a key lesson dad should teach their kids? I think it's a couple things. I think one mm-hmm. of them is just a balance. I think it's really important. There's a time and place for everything. And I think teaching our kids that. Mm-hmm. So safety is top of the list. I have two girls. And I can tell you from birth to their age is 10 and 12 now. We've always talked about safe touches, safe interactions. Mm -hmm. So very important on that. Also want to make sure that they understand that everything is not serious. I am the red fox. I'm the playful dad. I'm a tickler. I love to race. I love to play games. I love jokes. Really entertaining. So I think balance is very important. But then the other thing I think is role modeling. For my girls, just like for my wife, you know, they're going to marry somebody probably like me. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's giving an example of what a man is. And I think dad's really present helps you to dictate that. When kids don't have that, you know, there are other outcomes that are affected, but I think being present is also important. Well, you just mentioned a key thing here. You said your daughters will probably marry somebody like you. Doctor, that makes so much sense, wouldn't you think? Yeah, and that's, there's a couple of interesting studies. They're small, but that have indicated that to be the case. And so there's definitely some truth to it. You know, what you see Mm-hmm. You know, is, what you expect. expect. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's an indicator of that. That's mm-hmm. a big homework for the boys out there, though. Right. You know, yep. I think I yep. think if you love your children, you know, mm-hmm. and I just think of dads, if you love your child, then your daughter or your son, that that's going to go a yep. long way. I just wanted to highlight something. Uh, this last scenario that we listened to, the uh, the part about the foxes, we learned that dad got food for his kids the first three months, but then he encouraged them to go out there and find their own food. Now, Patrick, what do you think this is so crucial to teach our kids to go out there and become responsible for their own needs? I think independence is one. I think for most kids, the other thing that some kids struggle with is confidence. Mm -hmm. And I think for, and research shows that when dads are involved, both parents, Mm -hmm. when dads are involved, the kids are likely more likely to take risks. And I think it's a confidence factor. When dad says, my kids, my youngest, I'll give you just a short 10 second story. My youngest, she was in her first place. She was dressed like a little chimpanzee. It was amazing that we had rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed. My wife, who is amazing, was with her behind the curtain. All the girls are back there behind the curtain, and she would not come out. And then they pulled me out of the audience, and I go back there and said, baby, you got this. And I can't explain it, but she went out there. My wife is amazing, so I'm not comparing her. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, she went out on the stage and Mm -hmm. made us all laugh. But it was just the impact of a father's voice, mm-hmm. I think, that gave her this confidence that I think dads bring. I'm not Very comparing cool. us to moms, but I think dads bring that. Absolutely. That's awesome. Great insights, guys. Well, why don't we go into our next scenario? This is called Founding Fathers, Fathers. Hmm. Ah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I made it. I'm here. Huh. It's about damn time. Is this... Your son, 
You brought your son to work today? I had to. My mom's got a damn fever. John Quincy Adams, mind your tongue. Apologize to Dr. Franklin this instant. But he just said damn. Listen to your father, boy. You're lucky to be here. My father never brought me to work. My dad says you're signing a defecation to make your pen dance. The Declaration of Independence. John Quincy, sit over there. Keep your mouth closed. Yes, sir. I'm sorry about that, Ben. No, 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 man. Don't give it any bother. A child should get to see his father work. Lord knows my father would never take me to his chandlery. Oh, you'll ruin my candles, Ben. You'll get your grubby little hands all over my soap, Ben. Why don't you just go fly a kite? Well, I showed you, Josiah, you British candle maker. Uh, um, You certainly did. Uh, are we about ready to begin, or... How are your other 16 children doing, Josiah? Are any of them inventors and politicians and published authors and musicians and hilarious cartoonists and ambassadors to France? No? Well, do you think it's because you couldn't afford to put us through school after the age of 10, you bumbling soap spinner? Right. Right. Say, Ben, I'm going to go talk to Tom. Do you mind keeping an eye on my son? What? Oh, fine, fine. Jefferson's over there with his father. Nobody told old Ben it was bring your dad to work day. All right. Thanks. John Quincy Adams, let me tell you about my father, Josiah Franklin. But do you think it's finished, Father? Thomas, you've been poring over this document for weeks. Your writing is clear, concise, and considers every argument for separating from British rule. Congress would not have approved it otherwise. I suppose. However, and I know I've made this point before, but you have to be aware how England will react. If you sign your name to that document... You will be labeled a traitor. England will issue rewards for your capture. Despite your pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness, it will become very dangerous to be Thomas Jefferson. We have no choice but to make a stand. I I know, son. I know. Just making sure that you do, too. Good morning, Tom. Excuse me, Mr. Jefferson Sr. Boy, have either of you talked to Franklin today? That guy's got some serious daddy issues. Tell me about it. Anyway, I hate to interrupt, but we should really get this signing underway. Can we call this meeting to order? Are you ready? I am. I'll get out of you gentlemen's way. Just just let me say, Thomas, I'm very proud of you. Dad? And, and here, wait, wait, you've got... You got something on your face there. Dad! No, just a minute, just a minute. Dad, would you, you stop? You everyone's sign looking. this thing with crumbs on your face. John Hancock's father that's, that's would never let me hear the end of it. Yeah. Are you done? Yes. You look great. Go get him. Thanks, Dad. Hear ye, hear ye. I now call this meeting to order. May we have quiet in the hall. And another thing. If you were so awesome, Hosiah, then why were all of your candles tan? 
I invented flippers, the odometer, and electricity, but you can't make one little red candle. Oh, there. It would have been nice to visit his candle shop. That's all I'm saying. Dr. Franklin. I'm done. I'm done. All right. That was quite interesting. Now, in this fictional historical... Yeah. (laughs) That was a fictional historical account. Uh, We heard that what would have happened if the founding fathers' fathers had been present at the signing of the Declaration of Independence. We had three different scenarios. We had Thomas Jefferson's father consulting him over the serious actions that he's about to take. And then we also heard John Adams bring his nine-year-old son and future president to work. And then the grouchy guy that we heard was Ben Franklin, who was complaining that his father and he were not close. And, well, apparently he's still very bitter and angry about it. Doctor, how important are behavior and choices when it comes to the father-son relationship? Well, that was pretty creative. <laughs> that was. Very creative. That was very. <laughs> we got a little historical. Um, you know, it just goes to show that these principles are all universal. Yeah. Being mm-hmm. a father is a father and how important that is. You know, it just impacts the bonds that, that I've seen with a dad and a son or a dad and a daughter are just long lasting. Mm-hmm. And it's an imprint in a child's life. And it really takes root. And it's, you know, when you think of the two things that that when I think of father, that the father can instill in a child's life, it's fear or love, you know, or both. Mm -hmm. But when you see a father and a child, their son or daughter, have a strong relationship that is uh, forged through those bonds of love. Mm-hmm. And then you see that strong attachment where obedience comes very natural and there's just a, a relationship that's very harmonious. Mm-hmm. When you see it forced because it's imposed and there's fear imposed in the, because either there's an angry t- tone constantly, there's a grouchiness to it, there's a nagging, there's a spitefulness to mm-hmm. it, or even severe discipline, physical or emotional abuse. Then you see that resentment that just takes root in, the, in a child's life. And then out of that, out of that resentment, then you see all sorts of consequences in the child's life. You know, there's a sense of, I don't feel good enough. I don't have a strong sense of self. I'm going to react to, I'm going to lash back. I'm going to defend myself. And there's just very complicated feelings that then at the end take root and impact the well-being of, of a child in all sorts of their spheres, educationally, in their career, in their future relationships, and, you know, on and on in terms of their choices. Very, very important. Now, Patrick, it's, it's obvious that a father's role in the lives of the children will have a huge impact in the child's lives. On the other side of the spectrum, what can you say to dads who feel like they haven't been there as much as they'd like or haven't been there at all? It's a great question, Omar. High five over the phone. One of the things that I would think is really important is the ability to forgive yourself. I meet guys who have been incarcerated. I've done stuff with professional athletes. I've met just regular guys who just have been estranged from their kids. And one of the biggest hurdles that they tend to communicate is, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do after X amount of time not being in touch with my kids. And I think part of that is the shame that they put on themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, I always say to guys, kids need you. I know kids who've not seen their dads, so when dad says, I'm coming to pick you up, they get excited again. So there's a relationship that needs to be reciprocated from the dad. But I think it's self-forgiveness is what I say. The other thing I say is own up to your mistakes. Depending on the child's age, you're going to have to do some talking and expressing kind of what happened without going into detail that's above their age appropriateness. 
But I think self-forgiveness is one. I think the second thing for dads who have not been connected is to find another guy who has and have somebody to talk to. There's nothing like not feeling alone. And for men, it's not easy to confess I've been wrong or to ask questions. But if you find a guy that you can connect with that has done it right or is doing a good job of it, find a way to communicate with another man that helps you to express kind of your insecurity around that, but also things you can do, small steps to reconnect. That's awesome. It makes total sense. Now, just talking about this, doctor, is it too late? Is it ever too late? We heard Ben Franklin here. He was still hurt at 40 years old. Is it ever too late to seek forgiveness, to seek that reconciliation with your kids or for the kids also to be open, even at 40, to be open to forgive your dad because he's also human? Right. And it's not too far-fetched just to think, oh, that was Ben Franklin that was upset. We all know, oh, no, no. It's, it's... We all know people mm -hmm. in our current environment yes. that are 40, 50, and they're holding on to grudges mm -hmm. from earlier yeah. on. And like Patrick said, that's only hurting you yourself even more. And not only that, that then you're passing it on to your own children. Yes. So that anger begets anger. And, you know, that's speaking out and that spills over into the lives of your spouse, of your children, because they feel that tension and that irritation. And so if you don't self-forgive yourself or forgive your, your, your family and mm -hmm. the issues, then you're just carrying that big, heavy weight. That's not helpful to anybody. And so I don't care how old you are. You can definitely make a choice To forgive now, forgive does not mean that you have to go and become best friends. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that you are going to have, you know, this reconciliation, you know, that's epic. It can just mean that you're letting go and that you're choosing to look at that circumstance, that disappointment, the resentment, you know, the things that you're heard about. And you're choosing to look at it in a new light, one that ultimately will lead to a sense of contentment. So you're exchanging the feeling of anger and frustration to give it a new, you know, and refurbishing that, if you will, to repurposing that for, for a new meaning so that you're letting go of that and putting it in a new context. That's what forgiveness is, and it's yes. a process. Um, not something that happens overnight, but certainly yep. the peace that you feel at the other end of the corner is definitely worth that journey. For sure, for sure. Beautiful. The peace, the peace that you also bring to, to your, your family children, as well. To your yes. children, to your children, because, you know, believe it or not, it's not just about you. When you're mm -hmm. holding on to the anger, when you choose to hold on to the bitterness, you're making a choice not only for yourself, but for your children, because you're going to feel it. When you carry that anger and that frustration, mm -hmm. it spills, it pours out of you. Most definitely. And they're going to impacted by it. Great stuff, Dr. Alicia. Now, before we go on to our next sketch, here are a few facts we want to uh, share with you guys by the Pew Research Center. The ranks of stay-at-home and single fathers have grown significantly in recent decades, from 1.2 to 2 million in 2010. At the same time, more and more kids are growing up without a father in their homes. Well, we'll comment on these after this sketch, which is, which is actually the continuation of the first one. Remember all the dads in the wild? Mm -hmm. Well, this is dads in the wild, too. More uh, wild dads? More wild dads. Aye, aye, aye. More of the wild side. <laughs> oh, Lord. Let's check it out. <laughs> Across the concrete jungles of America, in the houses, apartments, and condominiums of adult humans, a new type of parent is emerging, the stay-at-home dad. With nearly two million stay-at-home dads in existence today, this once curious phenomenon has become a regular occurrence. And not just in America. In various corners of the globe, as their partners succeed in shouldering the family's financial responsibilities, fathers are stepping into the role of primary caregiver. 
In addition to maintaining the cleanliness of the home and preparing meals for all who dwell within, these fathers, unlike literally billions of men who preceded them, are spending a majority of their time with their offspring. Singing, soothing, bathing, playing, reading, feeding, day after day. A majority of these activities occur inside the home, but every so often there occurs a mass exodus. When the weather is warm, stay-at-home dads will flock en masse to local parks and playgrounds with their young, as if some unseen internal navigation is calling them together. They arrive with their strollers and cappuccinos, mingling with other stay-at-home moms and dads to vent, share, and connect in a brief afternoon of parental communion. Let's take a closer look. Morning, Tom. Good morning, Mike. How's Cynthia? <laughs> She's good. She finished a really big case last week. The partners were through the roof. She crushed it. Oh, was that the one she'd been working on since last June? Mm. About, uh, what, uh, what was it? Mm, the drinking water in Potomac. <laughs> you are good. That was it. Notice how the stay-at-home dads show enthusiasm for one another. There is no shame in occupying a role once reserved for a specific gender. More than just friends, they are allies. They know the names of each other's spouses and children, as well as important details in their day-to-day -day lives. Oh, I've been meaning to call you. Frankie's birthday party is next month. Can I snag that tie-dye cupcake recipe from you? Oh, absolutely. It's super easy. Here, I'll just email it to you right now. They rely on the community of parents around them for social interaction, support, and, if need be, advice. For it seems, being a stay-at-home parent of any sort is not without its pitfalls. Boredom, stress, and a fear of losing one's personal identity can easily creep up on the most dedicated parent. Did you and Steph ever talk, you know, about getting out more? You know what? We did. Thanks. Tuesdays and Thursdays, she'll be home by 7, so I can get back into boxing. And then Friday or Saturday, we can get a sitter and go out for dinner. Oh, great. But whatever the trials of fatherhood, whatever species, whatever corner of the world it occupies, one thing remains the same. It takes a village. Um, uh, she's going through the trash. Mike, your daughter's picking food out of the garbage. What? Oh. Sarah, honey, don't eat that. Don't, Sarah, don't go through the garbage. Sarah. No, I, sorry, man, I gotta go. No, 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 Sarah, put it down. Tune in next week for another episode of Dads in the Wild. Alrighty, so we're back, and that was fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. and it speaks to the fact that more dads are staying at home to care for their kiddos. It's no longer mom's responsibility, and I'm so happy for her, too. Yeah. That is not always mom's responsibility. So dads are very genuinely more involved nowadays. What impact can this have on their kids, Dr. Alicia? I think it's a good impact. Yes. I mean, I've seen, um, we've talked about how important the role of dads is. Even Patrick, you can speak on it more on the statistics, but it's just overwhelming how many studies show that when dads are involved in the life of their kids, kids thrive on so many levels. And so whenever... Yeah that's the opportunity. It's just great to be able to have a solid parent, be able mm -hmm. to be present in the in the home. And whether it's a mom or a dad, it definitely facilitates the home life, which can be very complicated. So yes. for parents yeah. that have that privilege and they can make it happen, hey, that's great, wonderful. 
I'd just like to add, at least when I grew up, I always saw my dad as a provider, right? That was it. That, that was the role that I had in my mind, the, the, the provider, the disciplinarian. And to be able to see that nowadays the parents, the dads are taking that on that role more and more, it gives me hope for the kids. Right. Yeah. And I think it's I mean, you know, I think we evolve as a society. There's different needs that we have. It worked back in the day mm -hmm. a certain way. And there were a lot yeah. of yeah. institutional things that yeah. allowed that to flourish and to occur. We know that in the current climate, mm -hmm. economic climate, it is often very much necessary that both parents work. And that's very tough for mothers to take on, you know, those traditional roles as well as work. And so to the extent that the fathers, when they both work, are able to pull mm -hmm. equal share of the home yes. um, tasks and the chores, that makes it so much easier. And either way, whether they work, one parent or not, I mean, it's just very helpful when, when a dad, in this case, a dad is really involved in the home life. Yep. The balance, the balance that we were talking about. And also earlier, when we right? talk about how much we model for our kids, yeah. you know, they do what they see. So if they see that a dad is, I don't know, doing the dishes or doing the laundry or whatever, helping out in this way and that chore, then, you know, yeah. that task is not going to be perceived as beyond them. Mm -hmm. And when they get grow up and they get married, their spouses are going to be very helpful. So yeah. we're, we're also raising That's future right. spouses. Yes, we are. <laughs> well, I, I love it. You know, all that good no. stuff. I was just going to say, I think it's also a phenomenon of public figures making it seem more cool. I mean, you think about, you watch yeah. sports and you see players yeah. with their kids at the podium. When you go to celebrity Facebook or Instagram or whatever social media platforms, you'll see them with their kids. And I think a lot of men have sought for years the safe space to do the same thing. And when you see people that we admire doing it, it kind of grants this kind of unwritten permission for guys to be active. And mm -hmm. you see movies. So I, I think there is this kind of cultural shift where we're starting to celebrate. Uh, all the leagues that I know, professional leagues that I know, do things with dads. Mm -hmm. When most regular guys see that, they're like, oh, I guess I could give the baby a bottle. I just saw Steph Curry doing that with his daughter. So it's this replication effect on the opposite end that people normally don't expect. That's happening with a lot of young guys as well. So I think it's the social element that's impacting you as well. That's awesome. It's a win-win for all, definitely. Totally, and thank you for sharing that with us. While there are over 2 million dads staying at home, there's also a rise in absent dads You know, being at home. Is there a wake-up call or message you can send to those papas, those papis, those fathers, whoever, and for whatever reason, that they're not there in their lives to kind of like wake up and, and, and do something, do something better, be part of the lives of their kids, doctor? Yeah, I think that there's, you know, there's two things. There's the dads who are at home. Mm -hmm. They live at home, but they're absent because yeah. they're checked out and checked mm -hmm. out. You know, we all yep. know people are doing six to 12 hours a day of social media. So they're tuning in to their Netflix channel or their show or their sports game, mm -hmm. ESPN, but they're just completely absent from the, the lives of, the, of their kids. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. there's that absence, right, oh. where you're present but not there. And then there's also just an increase in single mother family homes, mm -hmm. single parent family homes. You know, that just makes it harder to manage, you know, or homes that have been split for whatever reason. There is, you know, multiple partner. Mm -hmm. And so you've got all of that. you got, you know, sugar daddies, you know, the whole thing. And that just creates, it just makes it more complicated. Yeah. You have, you have to administer times and almost do a, a management of, of the time factor. We're talking about time and how time is so important when you've got multiple fathers to coordinate. You know, it just makes it more complicated. Oof, but so worth it, I guess, at the end of the day. I mean, if, if that's your case, you have to 
Make it work for the. It's for not the, an excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't want to sound like that. That's an excuse. Yeah. When yeah. we want something, we go get it. Yeah. Right. We make yes. whatever. We make it work. And there's definitely lots of stories of fathers who navigate the complication and do it very well and do it successfully. We've had here fathers that yes. have been sports focused at travel and do all sorts of things, and you still, you know, can figure out how to how to spend time, quality time with your children. But you, it does require intentionality. You can't just sit passively yes. and let it happen because life is going to get in the way. There's going to be other interruptions. There's going to be other demands. There's going to be other pressures that are going to get in the way. One of the things my husband says a lot is that there's like an attunement and a bonding that happens that's almost addictive, if you will, with your kids, mm-hmm. that if you're present with them and you're nourishing them, then you just do more of that because that's, you know, that beckons you. The more distant and the more apart you are that that just creates more distance and mm-hmm. separateness mm-hmm. and um, you know you get used to that and so it's also important to think about it as a habit that you create and that you nurture well there you go and you can yeah. always start today whatever happened in the past happened mm-hmm. now you can start all over again remember tomorrow they're five now tomorrow they'll be 20 and there went time so take <laughs> the time now yeah yeah most definitely. Awesome. Guys, it's been a great conversation. Thank you both for sharing your expertise with us today. Patrick, can you tell us more about the resources that you have for fathers and where we can find you and the work that you do? Sure. Well, thank you again. I think the summary of this call is just kind of reinforcing to me that dads matter. Just really enjoyed the conversation. So I'm on um, all the social media profiles at Patrick Pat at one T. 803, Patrick Pat 803, Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. You can find me as well. Uh, our website is globalpartnersff.com, globalpartnersff.com. And we're doing a huge, huge series of events around Father's Day, so you can find those events on our website as well. So thank you so much for everything and the conversation. I do think it's going to reach and teach dads how to be involved. Thank you for joining us. Awesome. Now, Dr. Alicia, right before we disconnect here, any advice that you would like to share with parents? You know, fathers matter. Make it a point. Be intentional about it. If you're a dad and you have a daughter, have a date night with her. I don't know. Do Dunkin' Donuts or something. I'm not advertising. Ice cream. Ice cream day every week, every month. Do something (laughs) with your daughter, with your son. You know, I don't know. Shoot hoops. Do what you need to do um, with them. Establish just one-on-one time. It doesn't have to do with money. It has to do with you just being present and attentive. The little things, they matter. And just be engaged. And don't let the hurdles or the obstacles, whatever they may be, get in the way of fostering that relationship. Um, Your kids just really crave to be loved by you. So love them. Love them wholeheartedly. Win their heart. Absolutely. Thank you for that, doctor. Now that wraps up today's episode of The Struggle is Real. More resources are available at FamilyBridgesUSA.org. But of course, you can also connect with us via social media. For the latest of The Struggle is Real, just simply type in hashtag The Struggle is Real or hashtag TSIR. Thanks for listening. We're Veronica Avila. And on this, I'm Omar Ramos. And I'm Dr. Lisa Laos. Till next time. This was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com.